This installment of Whiskey Business is being recorded on Fat Tuesday, the evening of Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras is ending. The Lenten season leading up to Easter will begin. If you're a good Catholic, or in my case, Greek Orthodox, also a form of Catholicism. The two churches were once together until the Greeks split and went to a different calendar so they could get a deal on discounted Easter candy. True story. Look it up. (laughs) But I digress. My point is, if you're good, you'll be giving something up for Lent. You'll sacrifice something you love to show your faith. Some years I do, some years I don't. And I'm still not 100% clear on the whole no meat, eat fish on Friday thing, to be perfectly honest with you. But I am giving up candy and sweets this year, which will be hard and difficult for me. I love candy, love sweets. Some people will say, eh, big deal. If you really wanted to show your faith, why don't you give up whiskey for the next 40 days? To which I would say I'm sacrificing, not detoxing. Let's save that for the intervention, shall we? Besides, the name of the show is Whiskey Business. Hello, part of the job. I don't do this for me. I do it for the people. Why should everybody pay the price for what I choose to temporarily omit from my daily routine? Nobody's life will change if I don't have a Kit Kat bar for 40 days, but no whiskey? Huh. Ladies and gentlemen, the domino effect of such an action is terrifying in thought, let alone put into actual play. Too dramatic? Welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with. I'm Dino Tripodis, your host. And our guest bottle tonight is a uh, small batch straight bourbon whiskey called Duke. That's right. Named and crafted in honor of one of the greatest of all time, John Wayne, an actor and a movie star. There's a difference. And the appropriate choice for my guest tonight, three actors who... You may have seen, but might not necessarily know. Known in Columbus, Ohio, where we broadcast from, but not necessarily household names in wherever you may be listening. Not yet, anyway. And not for lack of talent. I can tell you that much for sure. All three make a living at being what I think is one of the hardest things to do and be and eat (laughs) on a regular basis, a working actor. So welcome, in no particular order of stature, John Osbeck, Ralph Scott, and Rick Napoli. Gentlemen, welcome to Whiskey Business, (laughs) and thank you so much for being here. It's hard to, uh, to get all three of you in the same room at the same time. It's, it's, it's been a, what has happened twice in uh, a year. Uh, Whiskey helps. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) when we, when we get together, Occasionally on our own, that's that's a rarity. Let alone to try to schedule this podcast for a night. So thank you for finding time in your in your busy schedules. I'm going to go right to the top, and then we'll come back down to some of the uh, minutia of the craft, if you will. It's 2026. It's the 50th anniversary of the film Taxi Driver. 82 year old Robert De Niro. And 63-year-old Jodie Foster have in their hand the Academy Award for Best Actor. The nominees are you guys. Okay? 
You're nominated for the Academy Award. They read out one of your names. You come up and get your Oscar. And then all of a sudden, it's the wrong name. <laughs> but that never happened. That <laughs> nah, would never happen. In, nah. the, in the aftermath of the one of the largest Oscar fiascos of all time, what do you do? You've just been given the Academy Award, and you find out that it's not yours. John Osbeck, anybody chime in first. You Whoever's run. first. Uh, <laughs> you run for that door. You tuck I, that thing under your arm, okay. and you run. I deep throat it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, obviously, I'm graciously conceding to somebody else. I, I, know, I know it's not mine. So somebody, it's be, I would somebody, happily give it to one, one of those of you other takes the high road. One of you runs like a thief in the night, and the other one goes back to his porno career. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you know. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, what what were your thoughts on that on that whole that whole incident that happened? Just uh, Rick, Rick, you said it best a week ago. It's, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's it's movies for God's sake. It's not not world peace. It's not anything. It's it's movies. I mean, it was it was entertaining. It was it was funny. But you know, I, like I said, I felt kind of bad for Moonlight. Kind of like their moment got squashed a little bit, but. You think it took some of the yeah, some just, of the magic you know, away that from whole, their win? Boom! Yeah. Here it is. Come on up. Give your speech. You know, and it's like, wait, wait. On second thought, come up here. And then you didn't really know what the hell was going on there for a second. I'm like, is this a twilight zone? Did I fall asleep? Yeah. But you think it's no big deal? I mean, that's no. I think that's it's the Academy Award. It's the Oscar. It's, yeah, it, is it, but they still won. They they have it. It's theirs. They like, earned it. Which is it's like a, it's like a grounding kind of moment. Like what we're doing is not. Yeah, the I mean, I, I enjoy the Oscars, but boy, all that money, you know, all that money, all that money that's spent for one night for you know, it just kind of. Okay, so are you saying that somewhere down the line you're nominated for the Academy Award and you're not going to take part of that big night? Oh hell no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not say that. <laughs> I'll tell you, when I first started acting, I wanted. To win an Academy Award, you know, even when I was a little kid, going back, I want to, I want to win an Oscar. I want to get up there. I want to give a speech. And then I get into the business, and it's like, I want to book a commercial that runs during the Academy Awards. That would be great. You know, I mean, your whole perspective changes. Let me ask you uh, one at a time. Uh, what was your first? Uh, I'll start with John. What was your first? Your first professional acting job? How old were you? I was. Uh, fourteen. And what'd you do? I did. Uh, it it was a voiceover. Mm -hmm. uh, it was for a radio spot for uh, Charles Penzone. And you had to act. Well, or just be yourself. It was. I was considering myself an actor <laughs> at that time, as much as I'm I could have been. It. I'm just asking. Were you were you yourself, or did you? No, it was you, like you, you like I got it. Did you did you method act it? I mean, it, 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 <laughs> I'm a 14 year old going to Charles Penzone for the first time. It was like two lines that a bunch of people, a bunch of kids had to say together, and so there were like three or four of us in the booth at the same time recording it. But you got paid. But I got paid, and so if we want to talk about like the first paid acting, the first time I got paid to act, that was yeah, it. That was it. Ricky, what about you? First paying gig was uh, a play at Reality Theater called P.S. Your Cat Is Dead. And how old were you? Uh, 30. 30. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll come back to that. Ralphie? Ralph Scott? First paid. First paid. paid. gig. I think it was uh, 
right out of college, uh, all my sons, the gallery players. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And so then, stage, stage, radio. Yeah. Okay. And I'll go back to Ralph. How old were you when you knew in your heart and in your soul that this was the life for you? You wanted, that to, be I wanted an actor. to be an actor. Yeah, you wanted to be an actor. Uh, fourth grade. Fourth grade. Fourth grade. What hit uh, you at fourth grade? That fourth made you- grade, uh, we uh, were doing a, a musical uh, in preparation. This will fucking date me uh, for uh, the bicentennial. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm playing George Washington. In the fourth grade. In the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And they're singing Cherry Tree Chop, Chop, Chop. And my, and I have one line, and I'm chopping down the cherry tree. And back then, uh, mentally challenged people were in your class. Mm-hmm. So we had John Edwards, who was as tall as me now, like 6'4 in fourth grade. And he played the tree. And so I'm doing Cherry Tree Chop, Chop, Chop. He's playing the tree. And I had this cardboard axe, and the top of the axe flew off and hit him in the back, and he went, <laughs> and ran off stage. And I looked around your at the tree, audience. My your tree, tree, your tree ran off stage. Ran off stage. And <laughs> nice. I looked at the audience and gave my line, it was I, I cannot tell a lie. And they all erupted with laughter. And I said, <laughs> this is what I want to do. <laughs> Rick Napoli, first time you knew you really, really wanted to be an actor. Boy, that's kind of tough. I haven't thought about it in a while. Um Probably the the seventies. Um, I, I I'm gonna say maybe twelve. Twelve. Yeah. I mean, it's like my mother was uh, a big movie fan, and she liked to stay up late and watch movies. And when I was a kid, TBS would have these weeks, like you know, Loretta Young week, Robert Mitchum week, whatever. We'd stay up, we'd watch all the old black and whites, all that stuff, and then getting even into the like modern, the more stuff of that time, the current stuff, the seventies were just like, just so many of my favorite movies to this day, just cause I was young and I was informed by that. But I'm like, I want to do that. I, I think co- collectively we all I, agree that the seventies was one of the best decades yes. ever. Oh, yeah, like, film, probably so. like Rocky. I would say when I saw Rocky and he was Italian uh-huh. and he wasn't, you know, he, he was like a character guy. Like he looked, looked like he'd be my family or something. And I'm like, I could have been, I could be in that movie. I could, you know, I could do that. I could live in that world. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably. So yeah, I'm gonna say around that. So when you were 12, but you didn't start to take it. When you actually started to make it a profession at what age? At 30? I mean, uh, I started pursuing it when I was about 26. 26. <laughs> and do you remember? Uh, you know, was it at 26? You said this is what I want to be. This is what yeah, I want to do. I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm give it know? a shot. Cause I'm going to regret it if I don't at least try It's just nagging. It's just, it just, it's never gone away. You know, I went to Ohio state. I was a journalism major, wanted to do that for a while. And, but still in the back of my head acting, it's like, I, I wish that I had been a theater major. I wish that I had, you know, and 26, I wasn't that old, but I still was feeling regret for not, you know, did you feel trying it early? Did you feel that, um, you were at a disadvantage because other people had been through theater programs and had done that. Oh yeah, and, and, and yeah, as, definitely. As far as their majors in college, the people and so that I was so competing on. with, you know, that just were my age. I was a guy who didn't really, you know, have, I didn't know anything, you know. And I'm, I'm, at that age, so I'm competing against people that are that are, you know have degrees, theater degrees, or they've been doing it for you know ten years or whatever, and it can be a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. If you uh, if you just want to go by resumes and that kind of stuff, but 
In this business, you can't because we all watch TV, we all watch movies, we all see fat, thin, ugly, beautiful. Every variety of person in the world is on a screen or on a stage because that's life. And you got to just ignore that little voice and, and just, you know, say, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can John Osbeck, when did you know? Well, like Rick said, my mom uh, always took my brother and I to movies. So movies have always been a huge part of my life. And uh, But I remember, for me, it was in 1977, was the start of just understanding like what it meant to be an actor was when Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Han Solo is the shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? Harrison Ford. So yeah. uh, everybody was always, uh, it was two camps, right? You're either Luke Skywalker or you want to be Han Solo. Yeah. I, was, I always wanted to be Han Solo. But then uh, then Harrison Ford did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And something clicked in my brain when I was a kid. And it, and it was that thing. It was like, oh, I just don't want to be Han Solo. I just don't want to be Indiana Jones. I want to be the guy who can be both of those things. <laughs> right. And that's when it, that's when the the understanding of like oh these are actors doing this thing and I was like oh yeah 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 that's something I want to do but then it wasn't until I mean I didn't do anything I, like I said my first gig was at fourteen but it was a very short lived thing I I would act more at the dinner table for my mm-hmm. family and I would fall out of my chair I'd do anything to get a laugh I would get my brother sent to his room I would get sent to my room and at one point my mom just got really frustrated and she said uh, well if you're going to do this you're going to get paid for doing it if you're going to frustrate me this much uh-huh. so she put me into an acting class uh, and I just I still really didn't even kind of understand the whole process then too but I still I did a little bit then and I took an acting class and I was with an agent and then I didn't do anything for 20 some years maybe until I then started you know doing Started with, with local independent films and then got an agent and started doing commercials. And, and it like started. That. So it was so a huge gap. It came I mean, back, I did stuff in but school. But it came back around. I yeah. Mean, the seed was planted in all of you at an yeah. early age, and maybe maybe you were on a different path for a while, but eventually it, it, it came back and, and got you. Well, I thought it was going to be my path. I mean, I went to. So when I, I was doing theater in high school and I was doing the plays and things like that, uh, and then I went to audition for Otterbein, which is a. a very well respect has a very well respected acting program and a lot of act a lot of nationally known actors come out of Otterbein. And uh I auditioned, I got into the school and I was gonna go to school there and at the last minute I got freaked out about it. And I was like, what the hell am I doing? because the guy who was leading this uh orientation class said, uh just to let you know, there's like two percent of the actors holding a SAG card actually make a living at this. Uh-huh. And I was 18, and I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Right. You know, I was like, "Ah, fuck that! I'll go to Ohio State, and I'll just I'll do theater there, and I'll just I'll be able to do that." And I never did. You know, I majored in liquor, and, <laughs> and, and not going to class was my were my two majors. So uh, then I just didn't I just didn't follow it, but it did come back around. Here's why I wanted the three of you in here tonight: is that you live in Columbus, Ohio. It's not. New York, it's not Los Angeles, it's not even Chicago, it's Columbus, Ohio, and yet the three of you are all working, making a living at acting. You do it in various ways. You do it, uh, whether it's television, the stage, film. How do you do that in Columbus, Ohio? Ralph. Well, you have a wife that has a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's how I do it. Now, we made a. Dis- but no, you guys are always I, busy. You guys yes. are always involved in something. You're yeah. You're always going from one thing to the next. There might be small gaps in between, yeah. but there's always something on the horizon, yes. which I think is amazing. I think, and it's a testament to to the talent that you all three have. I think if you uh, it, it, you have to love it, obviously, but you bust your ass. I mean, it's a it's a shitload of work. It is a lot of work, which makes it we make it look easy. Uh, but uh, for me, it was I met my wife at Otterbein. And uh, oh, you went to the school that John didn't want to go to? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I remember throwing rocks at him when he ran away. <laughs> uh, and my wife and I decided that we would, uh, that I, if we had kids, I would stay home with the kids. Was she an actress? She was at the time, and is she but, still? Uh, no, she teaches. She teaches, yeah, okay, she's the head of the theater department up in Dublin, Dublin, Jerome. Okay. Uh, so uh, we always knew that I could still take care of the kids and still work. Uh, but here, uh, if you do your job right and uh, you're easy to work with, I mean, you're spending film, you're spending 12 hours a day with someone. Uh, film or stage, you're working eight hours a day with someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be a, a collaborative person, an easygoing person, and someone who works hard. Uh, and if you do that, opportunities will come up. Yeah. So, you, but, so you think that part of it? You made a joke, but you said having somebody in your corner, like having that someone financially. I could not have a family and do this on my own. Uh, I could still work and make a living, but still have a. Uh-huh. Uh, you'd still have to have a job, right? Uh, which I could do, uh, but, but it's much easier with your partner sure. working. Uh, it was a pain in the ass. Uh, when the kids were growing up, so for two years, I didn't do anything. When they're that small, you're in a black hole. And then you get out of the black hole, and it's like, what's been going on? <laughs> we have phones now that you can carry around. That's it. That's amazing. You go to your agent, your agent's like, yeah. I think you need to update your headshot. Yeah. yeah. Ricky, what do you attribute it to? Uh, well, the support of a great woman also, I would have to say. Uh, <laughs> a great partner. Believes in me when I'm like, you know, fuck it. What the fuck am I doing here, you know? She's like, you know what you're doing. And that that's invaluable. But um, the unique thing about Columbus is we're we're close to a lot of places. So as far yeah. as being here, we get put on tape for things in you know Louisville, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, all Maryland, over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's not like uh, we're limited to the Columbus market right. here. I mean, but obviously, if you can get in front of a casting director or a director. Instead of being on a tape, you know, one of like fifty or sixty people. Of course, you want to do that. So, yeah, it's a lot changed. Of traveling, right? you know, a lot's yeah. a lot's changed in that audition yeah. process now. That's what so, I was going to say. I mean, the the, the whole the landscape has changed a bunch. I mean, you know, I think whatever that percentage was, I remember it being small. Whatever that guy said, but I think that percentage has grown because of it the probably accessibility. Hasn't grown that much? It's not huge, I don't think, but it's, it's still great. It's so made, many things. There's so many networks. There's so many shows. There's so many commercials for all those shows yeah, there's so yeah. many there's there's a lot of things a lot more things going on now and yet outside of major markets and right. yet it's that still yeah, considered yeah, yeah, to yeah. be one of the hardest professions in the world well, and there's a lot of people that yeah. are still probably yeah. if, if, it, if it was two percent back when you were thinking about going to otterbein 
what is it now? Maybe yeah, with the number 10, of people wanting to maybe do it? now ten percent. I, I don't. I don't know. Well, I think that'd be an interesting thing to find out. High. But I don't think it's that high. No. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's and that's with all the platforms that are available yeah. Yeah. and all the shows that are out there. Way more scripted shows now than there's ever been with uh, with television and cable and so forth and so and there's, on. There's so. more opportunities, but like Ralph and and Rick have said, I mean, you got to. It's hard, but you got to be prepared and you got to be ready when the opportunities come up because, especially in a market like this, they don't come up that often. And so when they do, you need to make sure that, I mean, you said it, Ralph, too. And I've heard this from casting directors that being nice is a huge part of it. I mean, you never know who you're talking to when you come into the room for an audition. You never know when you're on set what other people are doing, but being prepared and being nice and, and, you know, being ready to to do the work. A lot of it sounds very important, obviously, but. People want to, you want to work with somebody. Job, right? Like, oh, he looks, you know, I could work with that person. Or, you know, I hear all that, I've heard stories of people so talented, but they're assholes. They're <laughs> Nobody assholes. wants to work with them. <laughs> so you might not be the most talented guy, but if, if you're somebody people want to work with, that kind of thing. I mean, there's all kinds of variables like that. But it's, gonna... it's interesting that the higher, the higher up the chain that you go, it seems the nicer the people are. That shocks me. Because you've all been in situations where you've been amongst the uh, the acting elite. You've been, acting! You've been, you've, Genius! You've, Thank you've you. Been with, uh, uh, you've been associated <laughs> you with go. some of those upper tier people, maybe yeah. in, in a smaller capacity, but you've seen them, you've got to work with them, and so you've mm-hmm. got to experience firsthand how they may actually be once, once action is called and once cut is called and they go back to being real people so your experiences have been good yes wonderful yeah yeah Yeah. wonderful yeah i i mean i try try to i'm nice to everybody like john was saying because i remember when i was first starting out and i was doing background and um there was some act some principal actors that were you know they were they were the principals we were background it was like we might as well just you know right be out in the parking lot you know whatever and uh but but not everybody was like that people were very nice and supportive some people would actually want to you know talk to you get to know you whatever and uh i always remembered that i'm like you know if i ever if you you ever get there i ever get there and i you know i got a ways to go to get there but but if i get into a position where i'm in that guy's shoes i'm gonna be the nice guy and not the asshole you know i've seen all of you uh in films and i've seen all of you, all three of you, on stage. Great film actors. Great stage actors. Okay? Um, end of the day, which one do you prefer, John Osbeck? The stage or film? I, I love stage. I mean, if I had my preference, I think I would do, I'd do theater. There's something about... <clears throat> I mean, each has their own unique challenges that are fun to do in tackling a character or tackling a role. But when you have the chance to go through, you know, three or four weeks of rehearsals and then a week of tech, if you're lucky enough to have like a week of previews and then you do a four week or a three, four week run. I mean, you've spent so much time dissecting that character, becoming that character, doing everything. And just, there's something about that process that I love. And also the, the visceral reaction when you're in front of an audience and whether you're there for comedy or you're there for drama knowing that you're getting a reaction right then there's i mean you it's, it's like it's like stand, stand up, up man yeah. right stand up has got a visceral quality to it you're as on well. the, you're on sure. the stage that, uh, that is I'll stage go along with that. right that, yes, so last time i heard it was you know, a stage <laughs> <laughs> but not, the, 
But see, I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I'm in awe of it, and um, at times I'm actually envious of it. You know, because yeah, I go up on stage and do stand up for thirty minutes, or if, you know, if it's a longer show, forty five or twenty. And yeah, I, get I can't some imagine. Laps. See, I can't imagine doing that. But then I see you guys go up there and actually get into the skin and and the body of this character that you've been living with through rehearsals, and and now on the stage, you know, actually being that person. And here's what I find the most amazing is I know all three of you very well, <laughs> and when I'm watching you, you know. It's not Ralphie anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not Rick anymore. It's not John anymore. You guys embody that person, and I'm watching somebody entirely different. And I think to myself, damn, they're nailing it because those aren't my friends on stage anymore. They are the people that they are portraying. And I. It's about I, the nicest thing you can say to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I find that amazing. I find that amazing. And I've seen all of you do it. And like, <laughs> first thing that comes to my mind is. God damn! How do they memorize all that shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing that comes. That's why my you need mind. four weeks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sometimes uh, that's not so enough. So you say stage, Rick? Stage or film? Um, I don't know. It's, which it's, one? Which one do you think? Which one do you think is better for you? Uh, better for me is stage. Stage. Because, uh, on camera, it's a big mirror. You know, it's all about it's about look. Is it? And. So much. Of it. Well, I mean, not all of it. Obviously, you gotta, you know, what the fuck you're doing to some degree. But, but look, look is so, so big. You know, on stage, you're so far away from the audience. You know, you can. It's more forgiving. I think I get more opportunities in theater than I than I. For meatier, juicier things, I think. Right. On on stage, just because of. So do you I, lo- do- I have the look. You know, it's like I'm perfect. Oh, you're exactly what we we're looking for. Or get the fuck out of here. It doesn't seem like there's any in no, between. No, no happy me. medium. No, I, you know, I'm too, I'm too ethnic. I'm not ethnic enough. You know, <laughs> what do you, what do you do with that? You know. <laughs> so, um, so you, you drink I would, I would, I would say, theater. It's instantaneous. You know, film. I've got shit that's in the, been in the can for like three or four yes. years, and I won't mention any names on here, but. You know, it, it it can be frustrating because you don't see the product. Nobody sees it, but you don't even get to see it. The product of your whatever. It's it's in post hell with some editor. Theater, yeah. you go out there, you've rehearsed, you've prepared, and you go out there and you get you get that first couple lines out, that first movement, whatever out that you need to do to make mm-hmm. you feel comfortable in that space. And then the audience is there and they're reacting. And, you know, there's a, an energy that can't be can't be uh, duplicated on a film set, I don't think. I mean, I, I have and yet, what? I have yet, and I've done some films where we rehearsed it almost like a play, and it's gotten closer, but there's just something about theater, the live, anything can happen, and it's such a rush when you're out there. Do you think that's why a lot of, uh, in, in the last 10 years especially, it seems like a lot of Hollywood actors, film actors, have made their way towards the stage to, to get to get that that feeling to get that that juice running through their veins to feel yeah, that there's, experience. There's something that. about it. I mean, film, you're out. You know, you shoot it out of sequence. There's no build. You don't get that big moment going into you know midway through the second act where you know everything is just culminating together. All the pieces are falling into place, and you're the audience is seeing like, oh, okay, and oh no, what if this and this, you know. But you don't you don't get that with film. I mean, mm-hmm. it's because it's uh, 
all right, we're going to shoot this. We're, we're at this location, so we're going to shoot this, 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 and this, even though they're 30 pages apart, you know, months apart in the script maybe even. You but that, know? that's when you got to be prepared, right? But that's you acting have to... on demand. It really is on camera, I think. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's the fun challenge of that, right? I mean, it's like when you go uh, into uh, your first day of shooting and you're actually doing something that's like towards the end of the film, you have to be there emotionally. you got to have it yeah. true. you got to know like the, the whole – uh, path that your character has gone on to get to that point. You got to map it out, right? You got to make sure that when you're doing things out of order. I mean, th- there's there's the challenge and the 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 that's where the work comes in for film acting. But it's it, also fun though. I mean, that's, it is, and it's too. that's a fun challenge. But like having a linear, single performance that you can give, like right where it's not disjointed yeah. and you can build something. There's nothing like it. Sometimes you know you're trying to string things together in film. Mm-hmm. Make notes. Okay, I did this. I whatever. You know, this caused me to do that. Whatever. Theater, it's all laid out in front of you. And I'm not going to say it. It's, it's definitely not easier. It's got I a think, beginning and it's, it's got harder. an end every night. I mean, yeah. I definitely think yeah. it's harder. I don't. Yeah, it's definitely harder. Yeah. So, Ralph, would you uh, concur? Stage. Stage. If, if definitely you, stage. If you could, if you could do, if you had to pick and choose and say that I will be paid well for the rest of my life, yep. I, w- I would, I would stay on, on have the to stage. Think twice about it. Yeah. Stage, stage, stage. Yeah. Absolutely. And just, it would, I could go th- reiterate exactly what these guys said. Uh, but it's, uh, it is that road. It, it's traveling the road. Once you get there and do the performances, when I look back at shows, it's like, well, some of the performances. I, I don't remember because you're lost in the character and stuff. But the rehearsal process, I remember. Yeah. I remember everything about it. I remember every joke that was made. I remember every football that was thrown up my nuts <laughs> during the <laughs> break. Yeah, every nut tap that Kevin McClatchy would give me. <laughs> fucking guy. But yeah, it's it's, right. it's it's a two way street with the audience. So let me ask you this, gentlemen. Let's take stage out of it for a second. Let's say it's all about the movies. Let's say it's all about film be it television or the movies would you rather be a movie star or an actor because there's, an there's, there's, an, an there's a difference there's yes. a difference do we agree that there's a difference between oh yes star? john you mentioned you know i uh raiders of the lost ark and and han solo two of harrison ford's biggest roles of all time sure. but those are Movie star roles, right? Right. Those are movie star roles. Yeah. They're action. They're 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 he. Those films made him a movie star. He did go on to do some other things that showed himself as an actor. But you know, when it comes to like, you have a choice in the business to make your way and be successful. Do you want to be a movie star? Do you want to be idolized by millions? Or do you want to be the actor? You want to be that guy that gets that one solid role that, you know, is remembered, you know, for uh, film eternity. Yeah. That's what I want. You want the actor? I want the actor. The success of a movie star, though. I don't give a shit about that. Rick? No, I like my privacy too much to be a movie star. I just want to work. You just want to work? Yes. Just give me work. I want to do good work. I want to be remembered for the work. Do you think that there? They, do you think there are stars who have are both? Let's say. Sure. Let's let's yeah, say, let, you know. Are. This will give me a good time to mention the whiskey. Let's take the Duke, John Wayne. Which, by the way, are you guys enjoying the Duke? Love oh, the yeah. Duke. Loving yeah. the Duke. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's a small some... batch. This this whiskey, by the way, was uh, we uh, we we do try to educate our our listeners a little bit on the whiskey that we're drinking. So I should tell you that it is inspired by John Wayne. It was blended. It's a blended whiskey. To uh, oh, it, it, is it, 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 it reflects uh, 
uh, his whiskey flavors and profiles that he liked because at one point he, he actually wanted to start his own distillery. So after he passed away, they found his notes and and on whiskey and and things that he loved about it and the type of whiskeys that he loved. So they so they took these uh, various whiskeys, I don't know which ones, and, and blended them and aged them between five and ten years to come up with uh, Duke. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, very smooth. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not uh, it's eighty-eight not harsh. proof. Runs between thirty-two and thirty-nine bucks a bottle. If you should find so it's it accessible in your in your, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's one of my under fifty-dollar bourbons. Yeah, um, yeah. Is Monument there... Valley Monument Valley Distillers, which I don't know if they what else they make. To be perfectly honest with you, there's a a John Wayne quote on the bank label. Is there a different one on each one? Do you know? I don't know. A man's gotta cool. do what a man's gotta do. <laughs> His, his son yeah, said that after, after a hard day, you know, the, his, his big thing was to sit back and enjoy a glass, glass a glass of bourbon, a glass of whiskey. So, so that's why I picked the Duke tonight, because it seemed... That's pretty good. Very appropriate. Appropriate. Yeah. Well, and he was... Well, Dennis Hopper did, what, two movies with him, right? Uh, good question. Good trivia question. I uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll take the ninth caller. Uh, we'll take the ninth caller. Uh, what... Uh, and but the second time he hired him, uh, he John Wayne was like, "Don't give me any of that method bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Just do the goddamn take." <laughs> he knew how to work the camera. Uh, I was think he... the best acting that he's done was True Grit. True Grit, which he, he won the acting. Oscar for. Yeah, he did win the Oscar for, and then um, uh, uh, the Irish. Quiet, uh, man. Quiet, quiet man, quiet man, quiet man. Quiet man my, my favorite movie. I can't wait. Oh. I can't wait for St. Patty's Day. I know. That's I like one of the best things. Day. Without fail, I don't care if I'm hammered, <laughs> half in the bag, completely blotto. I gotta yeah. go home watch Quiet Man. <laughs> Such a beautiful movie. I know, man. I love that movie. I love it's that, brilliant that movie. movie. And he's brilliant in it. And it's, but his other westerns is that you can see he's working the camera. That's when he's the movie star. Yeah, yeah. The man who shot Liberty Valentine. That's probably my favorite John Wayne movie. John Wayne movie. I love that movie. The Searchers. I mean, he's. That's I think of a See, lot there's of great, a lot. Now, yeah, those yeah. movies. There's those movies where sometimes he he was bigger than life, the movie star. But there's yeah. like the Searchers. There's some there's some good acting in there too. Great acting, great acting in the Searchers and all of them. John Ford movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Monument yeah. Valley. Just just the pictures alone. Are mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So actors. You can be instead both. Of, instead, you can be both. I think you can. Yeah. Be both. You can yeah. be both. Yeah. I think it's it's got to be tough to navigate. Okay, so so you so so you're known for being you know this this quality dig into the role actor, but you're offered a big franchise movie where you know despite the fact that you're an exceptional actor, when it's all said and done, you're going to be a movie star. You're taking it right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show yeah, business. Yes. Show yeah. business. <laughs> What's the best part uh currently as we speak, be it stage or film? What's the best part you've had so far, Rick? Uh probably last year gallery players, uh View from the Bridge. Oh, man, yeah, th- Eddie I had a funny feeling you were gonna say that one yeah, as just, well you uh, should. That I threw my heart and my soul into it, and it was very, uh, it was a great experience, a great cast, a great, just overall, a great experience. And uh, I thought I'll never 
duplicate this, you know? <laughs> but I felt that, and I feel that all the time, you know? And I've, I've duplicated it many times. But that, that if I had to pick one, since, I, since you asked me and I have to pick one, yeah. I'm going to say that. So that's, that's, that's been the, yeah. the, the crowning achievement thus far, Ralph? Oh, God. I know you've done a lot of stage. I'm, a lot of and, stage. And John and I were talking about this before. I mean, every stage, every one that you do, the next one you're like, all right, I'm topping that. Mm-hmm. So, but have you? I think so. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I did hot and throbbing at, for Red Herring Theater, and I thought that I was like, oh man, this is something Brando would do. If you know, this, this alcoholic gets shot in the ass. I mean, I had to do nudity on full nudity on stage. Uh, I kill my wife at the end. Break down crying, always had the tears, always had the emotion, and no one saw it because the because the the content was so disturbing. It was a rom com, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one I just did Baskerville playing fourteen different characters. Did you get to see? Baskerville? I did not get to oh, see Baskerville. It. I knew you didn't because I you would have called me. I would have called you, you immediately. It. There you was loved uh, it. something happened uh, 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 on the night I had my tickets and I was pulled away and I was like, ah. But I think probably playing uh, Uday Hussein in Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo, and I had a uh, I had uh, a serviceman come up to me after, and he was one of the guys that had uh, that was tracking Uday Hussein in Iraq, so he knew everything about him, and he came up to me and said, you know took everything in the world for me not to get down on that stage and strangle your fucking neck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sensational. But <laughs> Johnny and I got to work together on that, and that guy was so disgusting. And my wife hates it when I play bad characters because I always come home with it. Do you, I mean, do, do you live them? Oh, yeah. While you're in rehearsal, do they become a part they, of you? You bring home a residue of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I'm quiet and, and a dick, uh, and she hates that. I, I don't blame her. Uh, but yeah, if you're playing a shit, a difficult role, yeah, it, it comes home because I immerse myself. Did that happen with you, Ricky, with when it. you're doing View from the Bridge? Yeah, yeah, I was real. A little bit. Uh, I found I was real hot tempered. Even my wife said, "Yeah, you changed. I'll be glad when this <laughs> when <Yeah>. this is <laughs> over." Because I was just short tempered. I'm like, God, I'm not, it must be a little Eddie coming out there. So that, I mean, but that's but that's, it does happen because you're you're thinking about it constantly. You know, I mean, I am. Yeah, I can't stop. speak yeah, for no, anybody else. Right. Yeah. You don't stop. Yeah. Johnny, what role did you uh, live in that you consider to be your, your best work? It was, a, it was, a, it was yeah. a sweet little role, and it was theater, and it was at Evolution Theater here in town, and it was a play called Frozen, and I played a serial-killing uh, pedophile rapist. Oh, so a sweet role. Nice. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, it's funny. Well, it's like seems to be... Well, musical that, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Let, it it... <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. Let her go. Let her go. Oh, that's sick and funny all at the same time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, was uh, oh yeah. I mean, uh, wonderful so, director Jimmy Bohr, who's an amazing director, and I was paired up with uh, Mandy, uh, Mandy Fox, and uh, Tori Matzos, two incredible actors, and it, it was my first time being in a setting that really felt like I was being challenged to do something, but also that I mean, the role was so challenging in itself. But for some reason, when I when I read the play, 
it something just resonated that I like I knew where this guy was coming from. And it was that moment where you find a character and you're like, oh, I get it. I get this character. I know how I'm going to do it. And that resonated and thankfully with Jimmy because he chose me to be in it and do it. I mean, it was, it was hard. It was really, it was tough. The play is beautiful though. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I don't, if you don't know it, even if you just have a chance to read it, it's by Brianne Lavery and it's just it's such, so beautifully written and there's so much heart in it and it's so tragic, but there's a lot of, a lot of heart in it. It's a beautiful play. But you lived in that in that skin, and that was some disturbing skin I like to live what, in. I don't know who said, but there's a residue. Yeah, a residue. That, that, that yeah, hangs in there. Yeah, definitely. I, well, Ricky got to play, and I'm sorry I keep calling you Ricky because uh, we're friends. <laughs> you know, Rick Napoli. Uh, but I but uh, I, I have affection for all all three of you, so I call Ralphie. I, I don't call you Johnny very often. Not that much. No, no, no. I don't call you Johnny. That I'm gonna start calling you Johnny. Ralphie, Ricky, and John. And John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the affection of Johnny. Okay, your, I'll take it. I will take it. Uh, but but Rick got to play an iconic role in, in theater, right? I mean, oh, in yeah, View from yeah. the Bridge. I mean, that's that's huge. You know, Arthur Miller. That's that's a great yeah, role. Yeah, it's a role that I wanted to play for a long time. Long time. So are there roles, uh, I'm going to skip you because you've played one and did mm-hmm. it. I'm going to go to the other other gentleman and say, is there a role that is out there that you would like to give your soul to? Your soul to and your, get, put your take on it. I honestly do not have one. I don't have a bucket list. All I want is to work and the opportunity to there's really there's got to be one though that just uh, that pops up that you go man if i ever get a chance to do blank um i will sell my soul to do it it would have to be a comedy i would imagine a comedy yeah because comedy is what i think i do best i it's what i love the most and laughter is healing Mm -hmm. and there's nothing i love more than healing an audience for two hours uh i got to do noises off twice okay uh and that was phenomenal that's just such a brilliant farce uh so but uh, producers was great that was fun yeah, that's right i was gonna bring yeah. up the producers that's right you, blame the you, german if, if I, said, I got to do that uh i've been really fortunate to play some wonderful roles but i don't th- i so honestly can't there? think of one that i would say Yes, I got it. I have to like do if that. If there's ever it's, a revival of this, or they bring back that, or if I, somebody uh, decides to put up this, I want to do it. I got a real affinity for Neil Simon. Again, comedy. Yeah, but his writing is so brilliant, and his jokes are so and then again, wonderfully which, structured. Which Neil Simon, are you? You talking? You talking? Uh, Barefoot in the park. Barefoot in the Odd park. Couple. You talking? Uh, Odd Brighton couple. Beach memoirs. What do you? I mean, where are you going with it? Plaza Suite. Plaza Suite. Because that's the way you get to play three different characters, yeah. uh, t- three totally different characters, uh, and it's the same two uh, actor and actress for it. Uh, that would be f- fantastic. If it's Odd Couple, you Oscar, or you Felix? Felix. Felix? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah, but I would do Oscar in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'll shit my pants. <laughs> Chad Osbeck. I'll cash that is check. There, is, there an ulti- is, there, is there an ultimate role out there that you wish that you could take a shot at if we're going to focus on stage here? Or even even in this day and age now of the reboot or the I'll reimagining. Film. Oh, <laughs> the film. Yeah. Okay. If there's, I, I said it's open to anything. Oh, film shit. A stage. Western. Give me a Western. But which Western? <laughs> we want to do a, a Western? 
Uh, or any Western. Or you like to take a shot at? I just like to take a shot at a Western or any. <laughs> any you just want to take a shot. I just want to take a shot, yeah. <laughs> or uh, any Clint Eastwood. Uh, uh, Dirty Harry. Why aren't they redoing Dirty Harry? <laughs> <laughs> because they can't be Because they can't. <laughs> They'll try, though. They'll they try. They will. All right, Johnny. Johnny, look, I called so, you Johnny. Johnny. Hey, hey, all right. Hey, Johnny. You're in. What, is there a role? Is there, is there a part? Is, is there a the, film? Theater or film? Theater Both? or film, uh, yeah. A Western. Noted, Ralph Scott. <sighs> yes. Western. So the, the, the film role that I remember, I think, where I really said I want to be an actor, mm-hmm. um, was Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. I don't know if, I don't know. I, I, even now, I, I don't know if I could. Do that, take that on. I mean, right. it, it was such an amazing thing. But I remember that was the that was the role that I thought, oh, because I had seen Tom Hanks and Bosom Buddies on TV, and right? Splash and all the other films, and then he turns around, and he puts in the performance that he did in that movie, and I just thought, well, that's, there's a good example that, of an actor slash movie star. Oh, yeah. I definitely. Yeah. Right? Morris Gump and Philadelphia back to back, back to back, two completely different mm-hmm. roles, um, completely different. The challenge of doing that kind of role would be something that I would like to do. And that performance is just, it stands out in my head. Um, I mean, I'm, Death of a Salesman, I think, is also one of my favorite plays, too. Have you ever done it? No. Well, I did a stage reading of it once. And? I played Biff, but yeah. um, that would be that would probably be one on stage that I would love to do. Which part? Wow. <laughs> I mean, you said you did the reading. You were Biff, and the reading was that you know, like I probably have a. a you, thankfully, I got a few more years until I, you know, <laughs> could be until I could be the salesman. But yeah, I mean, that would be the. That, I think that would be the probably the 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 stage play that I would really love to do. Oh, quintessential. Yeah, man. One floor of the cuckoo's nest. I remember seeing. Uh, it, it was like a broadcast the version. Nest? Of, yes, nineteen seventy-five. Oh. But I wanted to go see that. It was rated R. And my dad said, no, I can't. you can't go until you read the book. So I read the book. Ken Kesey? Yeah, and he took me then. And that's one. That's a play that I would love to do. R.P. McMurphy. That's oh, conveniently yeah. a play and a good film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I did that show. I played Mr. Ruckley. Oh, did you really? Did I, you played, really? I played Cheswick in a production Dude, of that. He's up on the, you know, he's up on the. Oh, you're the, on you're the, the odd man out, Ralph. Well, you know, they've been both been in Cuckoo's Nest. I, I had cats named Cheswick and Martini. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck so, them all. That's all I said. Fuck them all. I said it like seven times, <laughs> seven different ways. But cross? that's all I said. That's Fuck them all. <laughs> Did you rehearse? <laughs> you know what it is to stand against the wall with your arms up. Did they give it you anything hard. to put underneath? No, they did in the production. That my, I, was I had in. nothing under my oh, arms. My I had I to sit there. Put pegs and, up for the guy who. Was, and I think my arms yeah. are straight in rehearsal, and he'd say, "Say, Mr. Ruckley, your arms, your wings are down." I'd be like, "God damn it!" Man. <laughs> you know, somebody would fuck you. somebody would fuck up the scene, and we'd have to start over. And I'd be like, "Jesus, oh my God, I'm dying over here." It sounds like basic training, like Jesus, one fuckers. <laughs> As your arms run across. As I'm on across. Exactly. Oh, man. John and Ralph have worked together on stage, but the three of you have not worked together on stage, have you? No, John and I have worked together a few times. Uh, John's yeah. worked uh, together on yeah, stage. Yeah, on stage so, so two and of you film. And, and film, but all, uh, uh, the, so I can t- take a little credit. A little credit. That's right. We've Just now a been a little in, credit. We've been in a film together. Right. And that I was managed to corral all three of you into uh, uh, our film, which is coming out soon. Yeah, The Street Where We Live is coming out soon, and uh, I managed to in, ah, 
ask, and you guys in, indulged us uh, with uh, uh, small parts. And and as I've, I've watched the film a thousand times, and and each one of you, in the, even in those small parts, just you know, bring whatever it is that you got. I mean, you didn't just you didn't just fluff it off. There are no small parts. There are no small parts. But yes, I there are. It. I, 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 I appreciate it because I know I know that each and every one of you are going out and auditioning for for parts with with for major motion pictures. John, you just recently uh, wrapped up on what film? Uh, the public. The public. With, with who? Go ahead. Yeah. Go so, ahead. Yeah. Tell them. Come em. on. Tell them who. It was, I mean, incredibly fortunate to have been on it. But I, I uh, so Emilio Estevez mm-hmm. wrote, uh, is directing, is as star, also starring in it. Uh, and then most of my scenes were with Alec Baldwin, Jeffrey Wright, you know, from Westworld, um, Jenna Malone, Christian Slater. And all the while being directed by Emilio, I suppose. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> good kid, good kid. Uh, so, and, and just like Ralph said before, I mean, like when you, it seems like when you get to the higher levels of production, people just get nice, you know, the, the atmosphere is just so easy. People just want to be there. They're happy to work. You know, it's cool to see that people are nice, even on that kind of level too. It was a great mm-hmm. experience. It was like a master's class in acting, just sitting back. I had a very... Had a very very small part, That's but a, I was I was lucky enough that all my scenes I get to yeah, watch these to actors watch, work. Yeah. But and, interesting, they used to call it a master's class in acting. But then we're talking, we go back to what you guys said earlier about film, how it's all so pieced together, and it's just it's over here and it's over there. Alec Baldwin being a guy who has done the stage as well, well yes, and, and very and very and, well, and very well, yeah, but also has done some really good film, yeah. So yeah, absolutely, yeah. But that comes back to what these guys were saying too. I mean, there, there there's that work in. The, it's a different kind of work, but I believe a lot of the preparation is the same when you attack theater versus attacking film. So when I said like it was a master's class watching these guys work, it was like watching how they how each one of them prepared to go into a scene and what they did in between takes and when they had downtime watching what they were doing. What do you do? Uh, I watch those guys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? At this point, that's what I do. That's what, do you, what do you do before? And we're talking film now specifically. What do you do before you're getting ready to do something on film? And you done? Could what you do you mean preparation? Preparation wise, wise yeah. Uh, I just try to I try to walk in the character's shoes to the best of my ability. A lot of times with film, you have the script and maybe you'll have a meeting, but you're not really fleshing things out. You know, you have to, you have to do it on your. You own. have to make yeah. the choices. You know, right or wrong, make a choice and go. If it's wrong, they'll tell you I don't like it. Go in another direction. Try something else. Whatever. You have to commit. You have to just do it. So. When you show up, you don't really know, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of times like they'll bring, bring 10 fucking suits and 16, whatever, and I'll wear (laughs) something that I think the character likes and I slap all this shit across town or whatever. And they're like, oh, I love what you got on, you know, (laughs) but I do it anyway, but I still do it. But, but you don't know, you really don't know when you show up until you show up, how the care, how it's going to be like, you know, unless you've had extensive whatever. So. You just you have to prepare, and I always say anything that's in my control, you know, wardrobe, props, dialogue, mood, whatever, you know, attitude, you know, I, I can control those things, and I'll I will be there, and I will I will be able to give them what they want. I have I walk in there and, with and, all and the confidence that I can I can do what I'll, I'll be able to do it, but you don't exactly <laughs> always know what it's going to be until you get there. 
Because in in, in 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 the little film we just did, Ricky plays a a, a factory foreman manager type and perfect. John plays a Russian mechanic at a <laughs> at a body shop. So and fun. Ralphie Ralphie plays just a, a worn down owner of a restaurant. restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and all you guys just you know brought those characters to life for this for the small moments that they were there. It was re- really good. We do have an actual uh, premiere of The Street Where We Live at the Columbus International Film Festival. We're not in contention at the festival. We're doing a special screening at the festival on April to, April the 21st in Columbus, Ohio, down at CCAD, uh, Columbus College of Art and Design. So uh, That's awesome. We're, we're excited about that. And then hopefully from there, you know, we start submitting to the festivals and see if, see if we got a little something some going on there with our little... Project that took two years in the making. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think we do. I think I'm excited about it. But but uh, once again, putting the pieces together, that little local film is kind of like a who's who of local actors, including yours truly, man. I mean, so yeah, no, 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 no. Because I want to talk about a tutorial. For me, this has been a tutorial for me. I've been. I, I actively listen, in case you haven't noticed, to, to what you guys talk about and what you do. And I've learned a lot. I have not had the training that none of you have had. I haven't had the amount of experiences that you have. I have on stage as a stand-up comedian. But acting is still, it still is something new to me because I keep it at bay, so to speak. I don't embrace it as much as the three of you have over the years. Yeah, you should do it more. Uh, and, and, and I'd like to do it more, but, you know. But I want to do it with you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, well, let's make another movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or or I, I told Johnny this about, uh, see, now I'm calling you Johnny all the time. All right. You know, it's, like, uh, it's like it was uh, meant to be. It's like I, it's like I should have been calling you Johnny <laughs> forever. Johnny I, O. I was, John fucking Osborne. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling John... <laughs> oh my god! That um, um, I actually do want to. I think one of the next things I want to try to do is actually write a play, and I think I'm leaning like you, Ralph. I'm leaning towards towards comedy yeah. because that seems to be in my wheelhouse. Uh, and I was asking John about are the beats on stage for comedy different than they would be in film, or are they different than they would be in stand up, or is funny just funny? Funny is funny. Funny's but, funny. You don't hold for uh, laughs in film, though. No. But funny is funny. <laughs> Remember, point. that's a good and point. You said, uh, we were talking about it, and if you make yourself laugh when you're writing something or you're going through something, that's like, sometimes that's the bar, right? I mean, when you're creating, look, this guy, Ralph, Ralph, no. how many years were you at Second City? Uh, I was there for three years. And who, who were some of the people who were your instructors? Steve Carell, Stephen Colbert, I mean, Amy so, Sedaris. And you're wow. creating stuff as you're going through yeah. the classes and you're doing that, right? And so, yeah. I don't, you talk about it. What when you're creating something to make connect with an audience, like in a in that setting, it's uh, yeah, uh, it's creating. Uh, I mean, that's the exciting. You make each other. You aim to make each other laugh. And if you're may, if I can make you laugh, <laughs> then I can make the audience laugh. But as far as the beats, I mean, you saw an act of God. Mm-hmm. That was basically a stand-up routine. It was written almost that way. There was a lot of jokes, yeah. joke after joke after joke. 
Uh, and they all didn't. Not all, all didn't of them, land. All, not of all, all of them landed. But he wasn't a stand-up. And I think if a stand-up had done that, uh, yeah, I, I, think I, I thought more. the concept of that particular piece was really mm-hmm. good. But I, I thought there were moments where, like, oh man, he, I could, I could hear it. Yeah, I could hear where he missed the beat. Yep. You know, as a stand-up, like I tried. I was stage managing that show, and I tried, and I got him to certain points. But if you haven't done it, it's it's hard for someone to get to get. Look, you've got to take a pause there. That's a, there's a beat there. You've got to set that up and then come in, come in with it. Gotcha. Uh, so no, I think uh, I think you should write. Dino's got that ear. You've got that ear, yeah. We've talked about this, man. And you've got an ear not only for funny, but you've got an ear for dialogue. And this happened more than once on set when we were doing (laughs) Minus One. I would walk over to Dino and be like, hey, man, is it sounding good? Yeah. And we'd be like, no, I think it needs this. And sure enough, like that little adjustment. So it's like your ear is finely tuned i yes. just listen to it thank you i i appreciate that that's very complimentary can you but, listen uh, can you listen to your own ear <laughs> did we enjoy the duke yes, yes. Well, we did we killed the it's duke gone. <laughs> i i brought a backup we'll, we'll we'll save this for another time greg hansbury but this you can have a split we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll give, we'll give, give the give bullet some. bourbon it's due I, I wanted to stay with a western theme <laughs> I <love laughs> so, it. when i knew i, I ran love, out of I duke like i'd have some bullet but uh, yeah, yeah. Pour your, no, no. Pour your big boy. Pour your own. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we enjoyed the Duke, and uh, I, I, uh, did I even bother to ask you if you picked up on any of the flavor notes that go into the Duke? Did you taste anything? Did you feel that was it a sweet nose? Did you sense any any caramel? Did you taste any toffee or or nutmeg in the mix? Uh, no, this has got a nice sweet. Nose to it, but it's got a it's got a it's got a bold finish. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. Uh, the nutmeg. Uh, after that first drink, I grabbed yeah. my nuts and thought of a girl named Meg. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> so one good. last question. We like the Duke, so thank you, Monument. Thank you, Valley, Duke <laughs> uh, Distillery for Duke, the Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Like I said, reasonably affordable, between thirty-two and thirty-nine bucks a bottle, nice. depending on where you get it. So my last question yeah. before we go and wrap things up. I break the bad news to you tomorrow that you can no longer be an actor. What do you do? John Osbeck. Uh, direct. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. Rick Napoli, you can't be an actor anymore. What do you do? Well, I, I I quietly die inside. <laughs> plumbing, maybe. I <laughs> Are you a plumber? Can you plumb? No, but I'm Italian. So <laughs> <laughs> and Ralph Scott, you can no longer be an actor. What do you do? I would write. You would write. Uh, my dad was a journalist, and I grew up uh, with, in journalism. So I would I would write or be a spy. Or a spy. Yeah, that's acting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It is. All right, gentlemen, thank you. It's been uh, informative. It's been enlightening. I wish you all nothing but continued success. Um, I enjoy uh, living vicariously through the stuff that you're doing. 
maybe someday I'll get off my ass and actually do it with you on a more regular basis. But until then. Glengarry Glenn Ross. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. All right. I would actually audition for that. If they ever ever brought it back up, if they ever brought it back up here on stage, all us four in that movie, in that that stage play. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. (gasps) Mammoth. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I know all these guys. I, know. I, I respect all these guys. I read all these guys, but I don't do what you guys do. Maybe you should start me off on something a little smaller <laughs> before I dive into Mammoth. <laughs> something, something small before uh, before that. But uh, seriously, um, I, I know that it's a very competitive field and a very competitive world. And I know for a fact, as I speak, that there are people in this town who uh, are envious of the work that you guys get when you get it, thinking they should have got it. But, you know, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't get it because you guys did. And uh, I look forward to seeing uh, more of what you guys do. But more importantly, uh, what I value even more than this, than that, what you do is the friendship. You guys are great friends. And um, I think that's... That is probably the the best play you'll never see, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes. on any given night. That is the best play and the best performances that you'll never have the privilege of seeing. So let me say a couple things as I wrap things up. I want to thank my producer, Greg Hansberry, as always, for producing Whiskey Business, which is uh, recorded uh, in cooperation with the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions are of those, your host, Dino Tripodis, and my reluctant guests on a regular <laughs> basis. They are never meant to offend, only to entertain And uh, on that final note, until the next bottle, my friends, (laughs) good night. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.